0: Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you join us today. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose. On this show, I talk with women that I believe are living out their God given purpose right in the place where they are at. My hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people, or both, whether you're married or single, fullness or emptiness, whatever your particular circumstance is, I hope that in listening to these women and their stories, that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. You will be hearing from ordinary women living ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes to make sure you catch each of these amazing stories. Today, I have the privilege of introducing you to two women who are part of Chrysalis Transitional Living right here in the Boise area. This is an amazing organization that provides safe and sober housing for adult women in a healthy, positive environment filled with faith. These women have recently been incarcerated and have often experienced significant trauma in their past, such as homelessness, abuse, and or chemical dependency. And Chrysalis offers a place to welcome these women in and walk alongside them as they get themselves on a path toward health, healing, and faith. I absolutely love this organization. My family and I have had the privilege of serving at Chrysalis numerous times over the last decade, and I am thrilled to introduce you to my two guests and to shed some additional light on this incredible program. Today you'll hear from Marsha Tennyson, who's the founder and director of Chrysalis, and you'll also hear a powerful testimony from my new friend Sarah, who is currently a part of the Chrysalis program. I think it's incredible that in God's perfect timing, this particular episode is airing on Easter week, as it is such an incredible illustration of how God is a great and redeeming God. He extends unconditional love and grace to all of us, and this episode illustrates that truth in such an inspiring way. I know you'll be so moved by the work God is doing through both of these women and through Chrysalis. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Marcia Tennyson and Sarah Hill. Well, hello. Welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm thrilled to be sitting here with my friends from Chrysalis, and I will just let you go ahead
1: and introduce yourselves. Tell us who you are.
2: Okay. I'm Marcia Tennyson. I'm the founder and director of Chrysalis.
1: Awesome. Welcome. And I'm Sarah Hill. I am a resident here, um, getting close to graduating the program.
2: Congratulations.
1: That's awesome. Well, I am
0: thrilled to be here. I love your program. I love what you do. I've had an opportunity just little bits over the years to be able to kind of join in and serve a little bit alongside what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm thrilled to be able to tell your story to anyone listening to the podcast. And so Marsha, let's start with you. How about you just tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved in this Chrysalis organization?
2: Okay, well, about uh, 2002, we leased our first house and called it Chrysalis Women's Transitional Living. And we started taking women that were coming out of incarceration and addiction and homelessness. And we were giving a warm, a beautiful Christian environment for them to come to. And as the years have progressed, it's become more of a program And at this point, uh, we're still mainly working with women coming out of prison, and we have uh, programs for them. The first one is a six-month program called Courage to Change, and if if they complete that program, then they reapply to Lifestyle Changes, which is a year. And if they complete the whole eighteen months, then we have a great graduation for them at the Grove Hotel, which you've been part of a few times. Which is with your beautiful singing voice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So exciting! Oh, that is such a a wonderful celebration of hard work and overcoming. And um, so, how did you first begin then in two thousand two? What led you in to have a heart for this type of? Well, it
2: goes way back. I've probably been doing this for, I think, 26 years now. I was a mom and did some things, you know, jobs here and there, but I really didn't have what you'd call a career other than being a mom. And uh, my dad, who had been in mission work for probably at that time about 20 years, was going to work with women in Skid Row, L.A., Wow. I don't know, a lot of people from this area aren't really aware of what Skid Row is, but when you see movies on TV and things where they're in the, the worst part of town, where people maybe are living in cardboard boxes, doing bonfires in the street, yeah. most of them are on drugs, lots of mentally ill people. So I was there on Skid Row in L.A., my dad was, And we would visit, you know, a different um, Christmas with my family and things like that. But I never was really part of that. Okay. And they started seeing women down there that, you know, young women that were on drugs when drugs really became an issue. And there was a lot of young women down there, and they started wanting to do something for women. And I knew that, and God just started working with me. I never really wanted to work on Skid Row. I didn't ever know that I would be called to anything like that. But I had run some hotlines for, for a church years before that, and I knew that I that I really liked working with women. And so God started speaking to me when I'd wake up in the morning and I'd go to sleep at night and oh say, goodness. Would you be willing to go to Skid Row? Would you be willing to go down there? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, great. Right. That's a big ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I, I really felt like it was becoming obsessive, you know, yeah. I w I couldn't get away from it. So I called my dad one day because I really didn't have any education that would you know, that I thought would be required for something like that. Okay. Like maybe you should have a psychology degree or yeah. social work degree or something. I didn't have that. Okay. And so how I, old were you at the time? Did I this... was probably I was probably 38 or 39 years old. So my kids were pretty much grown. And I just went down there, um, you know, not really knowing what to expect. But God just said, start doing something. So I started doing a Bible study with women and that kind of thing. And finally, my husband, who didn't even know this was going on, my dad talked to him and said, "You know, we really need some computer help down here." My husband came to me and said he wanted to go work down there and skid Row with my dad. I had a fit because oh I really goodness. didn't want to go down there. Wow. I was still fighting that. Yeah. And then, you know, what else can happen? Yeah. I mean, God doesn't hit you over there with a brick. Yeah. And He's so, bringing this all together
0: Yeah, you. and
2: so I finally said okay, and so we went. And um, I started working for another organization because there wasn't anything, you know, in his mission at uh-huh. that point for women. And I started working in another organization, begrudgingly really. I wow. just still didn't feel that I really wanted to do this. And I was there about three weeks. And I can remember where I was sitting and everything, and I just knew this was what I was created to do. I knew this was it. Wow. God just said, This is what you're created to do. And I haven't looked back. I mean, I just love what I do. That's amazing. And what I do is basically see women the way God sees them with potential and talent and gifts, and know that they're created for something really special with a purpose. And I then had one as well, Yeah. and I found really cool. my purpose, and I think your purpose changes. I think sometimes yeah. we're a mom for a long time, or yeah. maybe even a different occupation, and then God can sometimes call us into something else, or use us in all kinds of different ways, wow. so that's what I've experienced yeah. anyway. Well, that's so perfect for
0: what the whole point of this podcast is, is just to encourage women to live out their purpose, and mm-hmm. what I found, even as I've started these interviews, is that it, it isn't always a straight line, and the
2: end can look very different, it can be a very winding path through right. um, And you can look life. back and see, I can see, you know, because honestly, I when I was very young, I... I had this imagination that I wanted to have a huge house full of kids. Well, I was a kid myself. You yeah. know, I was probably like 11 or 12. I wanted to have this huge house. I was the mom. There was no dad. I was the mom, and I guess they were orphans. That's all I oh. could come up with in this yeah. big old house. <laughs> and so I say to people, you know, when they don't know what God's calling them to do or to be, look at your childhood. Okay. Look at the things that appealed to you then or visions that you had or interests that you had because I really think God starts preparing you way ahead of time right and then I married someone with four kids so I thought well that's probably it you know that was my house with the kids Uh you know and I married this guy with four kids which was a great training for working (laughs) with working with women for sure and so I did I did that for for a while but and I worked on a hotline did some other things taught Sunday school for years did puppet ministry did all different kinds of things that I think all prepare you for for what you're eventually going to be doing. Right, right. I love that he gave you that vision even as a child. Mm -hmm. And it just took all those years to figure out what that was going to actually look like. And now if you see the house, (laughs) if anybody come and tour, if Uh you could see our big old house on State Street, it's our main house. uh, That's exactly what it would have looked like, a big old house, just like that. And I'm not even trying to be the mom. Yeah. But I think sometimes they see me that way. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. I have known you a long time, and I didn't know the whole story of how this all came about. Yeah. So then
0: let's talk about, well, let's talk about the name for a second, Chrysalis. How Mm -hmm. did you, that's Mm -hmm. a big part of your... Mm -hmm. Your theme and your graduation. Tell us a little bit about how you came.
2: Yes well the name Chrysalis actually when I was in LA there was an organization called Chrysalis and I didn't know what the word meant at the time myself and asked and it was the cocoon of the butterfly Mm -hmm. and I always thought that was just a beautiful name, had a beautiful meaning and it looked pretty. Uh Those were the three requirements that I wanted to have for naming something and so it works out so beautifully because we see the women you know kind of like as caterpillars Or they see themselves as caterpillars. And through the process of our program, they are turning into butterflies. And we see the homes like the chrysalis itself, that inside the homes we have transformation. The real transformation comes from your relationship with Christ. And that's our goal, that all the women would have a relationship with Christ because they can then find out what their true purpose in life is.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I just had somebody say recently that you can't know who you are until you know whose you are. And That's so, good.
2: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, That's very, and so very good. I love
0: that part of your program that you...
2: And the transformation is so amazing. It really is. Yeah. Because we're, we're, we're talking about women who are walking in here with so much pain, so much regret, um, and so so much disillusionment, really. Right. they They don't trust. Mm-hmm. And they've, in many, many cases, have been terribly mistreated, even as children. And so it's it's a very difficult journey for them. Yeah. And sometimes they have to come in more than once in order to really receive what God wants to give them. Yeah. One example is this beautiful young lady sitting next yes, to me. Yes, yes, yes. We need to get and to her story. And I have known her for many, many years, and she's had a very, very long, hard journey. And we've just watched her turn into an amazing butterfly. She's just full of color and beauty and strength and we're just really proud of her so Sarah
0: yeah so Sarah we'd (laughs) love to hear I'd
1: love to hear more about your story and your journey and how you came to be here so um, I'm 39 years old and I always knew who Jesus was and I always loved Jesus I just didn't know that he loved me um, and when my parents... I was 11 years old, pretty consistent throughout my, my young younger childhood, but my parents got divorced when I was 11, and I was the oldest of um, all my siblings, and it just really flipped upside down. It just got really crazy, and so I started drinking when I was about 13 years old, mm-hmm. and I really believed that I was just an alcoholic right off the bat. I became a mom when I was 16 years old. Oh, wow. And... Um, I guess I was just trying to find, I, that's what I wanted when I was little, mm-hmm. was um, I just wanted to be a mom with kids and have a husband and just be a mom and just raise my children. That was my dream when I was younger. And so I think I kept, kept trying to do that at, at this young age of 16, just trying to fill that hole of, you know, that God hole and just the feelings of, ab- of abandonment for my, my parents at the time. You know they were going through their own thing, and yeah, I started drinking at a young age, and I just um, it just kept progressing, and it was unhealthy relationship after unhealthy relationship, and you know I had I just by the time I was twenty eight it just was this big progression, and I had tried meth for the first time when I was twenty eight, and it was just a downward spiral from, spiral from there, and I was my kids, my mom took my kids, and I I just fell off the face of the earth and just really drowned in my my addiction and um, these horrible relationships I was in. I didn't know how to be in a relationship. And luckily, I got arrested in 2006, and that was when I first heard about Chrysalis. I came here in 2007, and I really wanted to be here, and I really wanted to get it. I just didn't know. I felt... It almost felt scary to be loved the way that marcia Mm -hmm. and some of the volunteers here loved me i thought what is going on like there's something going on there's ulterior motives here right what's the catch Yeah. yeah and um i didn't put christ first i still didn't think that he loved me for who i was and i had a lot of shame and so i left and i continued through this cycle of abusive relationships and drugs so you were arrested in 2006, you said? Mm-hmm. came here in 2007, and then... I left for a relationship. Okay, yep. okay. got it. But, you know, the seed had been planted, and in 2014, I got arrested again. Um, I had burnt all my bridges at this point with okay. my family, with my children. And I was... I, I went into another program, like this court diversion program, and it wasn't working, and I still wasn't getting it. And I absconded, and... I was sitting in this house, it was, I was close to death, and I was listening to some secular music, and I just knew, I just felt like this is it, like this is where I'm, this is my life. I couldn't follow through with what I was supposed to do, and this is, this is how I'm going to die, um, oh, wow. and so I just felt really hopeless, and I was listening to some secular music on my playlist that I created, and I I was all by myself in this house, and all of a sudden, this song came on by Mercy Me. Nee. And I was like, how in the... I didn't even know. Yeah. At first, I know, recognized his voice, and I'm like, what? And I started listening, and I'm like, how did this song get on my playlist? And so I started listening, and it was that song, You're Beautiful. Oh. You were meant for so much more than this. And so I just fell to my knees, and I was like, Jesus, you got me again. You got me again. And so yeah. I just sat there, and I cried for a long time, and I said out loud, you've got to get me out of this because I can't do it on my own Mm -hmm. and um, I got really really sick and I ended up turning myself in I surrendered and the minute that I surrendered and I they let me go to on a rider a six-month rider at the prison and while I was there I knew I was going to come here and I you know did a lot of talking with God at the time and I just made the decision that you know the big thing at Chrysalis is stay out of relationships you need to you know learn how to love yourself first so I promised myself I would do that when I got here and so I got here on this December 7th and I've just been really blessed ever since I've been here I did that whole no relationship thing for a year and now I'm to the point where I just I love Jesus so much that I don't I'm not ready for that yet and I don't know if I ever will be I just I have my family back my children I've learned a lot about boundaries and safe people. But um, I just I love myself now and I feel like I really do know how Christ loves me just through the women here and things like that. Wow. So wow, that is a huge mm-hmm.
0: that's a huge journey and I'm so thankful that you're willing to share that because that is so inspiring just the way that God had his hand on you through all of that. Even when you didn't necessarily feel it or like it or you weren't choosing it. He, he mm-hmm. met you in a playlist with a song mm-hmm. that said you're made for more than this. Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. So mm-hmm. just for a little bit more context to your story, you had your first child at 16, mm-hmm. and then you said children, so yes. how many children do you have now? So I
1: have seven children. Oh my goodness. Yes, and that was that insanity of you know doing the same thing over and over again, just getting into these relationships and just thinking that it was going to be okay. I was never married and I just kept getting into these relationships where I was just try- like, if I stay here long enough, then they'll love me. Then they'll know who I really am and they'll love me for who I am. And, um, it just, it was just crazy, crazy stuff. So, and yeah. So when you said you got your, your
0: back in relationship, how has that looked now? Are you, are you, do you see them
1: often? Yeah. Um, my oldest, he's 22 years old and he was really angry with he had a lot of anger towards me, but we work together now, and he's my little, he's my little buddy, and um, he's kind of gone through his own thing with addiction, and so I've been able to help him with that, and I just feel like God had, you know, he picked me up and put me down on the ground at the perfect time for a lot of things that, you know, were going on with my children, and so yeah, they're back in my life. Me and my mom have a really good relationship now. Thank God she was there. I mean, she had my kids, so they weren't separated or you know and she always you know let them know that I loved them and yeah wow so so when you came
0: to Chrysalis for the second time what do you think started to kind of chip away at that just the the shift of being looking away from humans to supply you with that sense of identity and belonging and then like you said now leaning in toward him and allowing him to be more of your identity and define you
1: because Jesus has spoke to me many times in my life, but I just didn't believe it. I thought I wasn't worthy enough, and I thought, no, that's not him. That's not him. And when that song came on, I mean, it was so clear to me, and it was just like he said, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. You have a choice. You can either stay here and die, or you can get, you know, I can help you. But, I mean, he really, I mean, I feel like I, he answered my prayer when I said, I can't do this. Wow. Yeah um on my own and I I got really sick I mean it was immediate I got so sick and I knew the minute that I got sick that he Jesus was part of that too it was like that was the only way he knew that I was going to get out of it is because I was sick and I actually called a sober friend and said can you please come get me and I stayed there for like five days and then turned myself in and at that point I was so I knew that he called me I know that 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 song was like you're meant for so much more than this and so when I got to when I went to jail I just started memorizing bible verses oh, no. and um I was so I just knew there was, I was terrified that I was going to walk out those doors again and leave him at the door
2: yeah.
1: and that there was that was not an option this time you yeah. know I feel like he he was like here it here it is I mean this is clear as day and it made all those other times before that that he you know spoke to me and, and put people in my life that could have helped me at the time made me feel like it was it was me, Sarah. It was me and you're worthy and I love you and yeah, you know. where you could look back over the whole arc and
2: yeah. see
0: his hand
2: mm-hmm.
0: through the whole thing. Sometimes, I
2: think that's yeah. really what's really great about Chrysalis too is that you know we saw Sarah a few times. She would stop in and, and come in just to say hi, you know, because we did build some sort of a relationship with her, even though she didn't really understand all of it yet. And we would encourage her and we would try to get her to come and she just wasn't ready. Yeah. And that we're here is I think the biggest mission of all. Because people say, you know, how many of this do you have? How many you know, what's your poll <laughs> or whatever, yeah. you know? And I say, you know what? I think the very best thing about Chrysalis is that we're here. Yeah. That we're actually Available and women can walk in anytime if yeah. they've ever been here, you know if they've graduated any time in their life and you know they struggle, you know we'll take them back in to help them out. Yeah. It's just I think it's such an asset and such a great value to have like a safe haven, you know a lighthouse, just kind of like a. Just a place of safety where you know you're loved, just the way you are. Really, you know, Jesus loves us just the way we are, but too much to let us stay that way. And so this is what our goal is, that when people walk in the door, that they know that they're loved. Because that isn't found everywhere, with no strings. That we just love you.
0: Right, and the fact that you knew that that was there, and yes, it took a little while for you to decide to come back, but you always knew... When I get out this time, I'm going to go to Chrysalis. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I knew that that's why I would come here all the time. I mean, I'd come in here just horribly skinny, and my mental health was really bad just from being in these relationships and using drugs, and I would come in here, and Marsha would just hug me and look me straight in the eye and tell me that she loved me, and she wouldn't, you know, make me feel no shame, no guilt... No pressure. And um, so I knew that that's where I, w- I was going to come back here. I just knew it. And I wasn't afraid to... You know, I've I've been places before where I felt like I was never going to be able to go back because I felt ashamed. But here, I just knew... It was so weird at first. You know, I was like, what is really going on? Because yeah. I didn't understand why. You know, they were so loving. and But now I do know because, you know, I'm a house manager now over um, at the house. And I see... I've learned a lot from Marcia and from the other volunteers here that, you know, you love unconditionally. So they'll come back, hopefully, you know. Mm-hmm. If somebody's not ready, they're just not ready. And I don't think I would be where I'm at today if I wouldn't have been through and done all of the things that I did. Every single thing has made me the person that I am today. And I really feel like I can share my experience, strength, and hope with other women. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is my forever family, yeah. you know. Yeah. This is, I will be, Christmas will be a part of my life for the rest of my life. Yeah.
0: Well I want to hear about the journey toward being a house manager. That's really exciting. That's an amazing Mm -hmm. privilege that you have. I wanna quickly though ask you a little bit more about on the other side. So you were saying how I just wasn't ready for you. Mm -hmm. What is that like for you? You have this enormous heart, Marcia, for, for women and for seeing people on a path toward health and Freedom, and yet they do come in on their own journey and and it doesn't follow any sort of a script or formula what is it Mm -hmm. like for you when you see someone coming Mm -hmm. in and you just you have to watch them go
2: well you can't really ever get help until you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and it doesn't matter what great classes or how much you love them or you know what you can give them it just doesn't make a bit of difference until a person's ready there's really nothing you can do and I I would say that for anybody that's out there dealing with anyone who's in any kind of addiction. Until they're ready, you cannot help them. I don't even like the word help, actually. I try to leave that out of my vocabulary because even at the point that they are ready, I think we're assisting them. We're coming alongside, like the Holy Spirit comes alongside. You can't change anyone. You can't really make anybody do anything. And so we're not, we're not interested in that. We're just trying to have grace. And I think that comes from, from Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the grace that you have uh, without expectation. It took me a while because I kind of grew up in an environment that was a little more maybe legalistic. Mm-hmm. And I had to understand that this is not about me. This is not about uh, anything than God's meeting them where they're at when they're ready. Wow. and so we just have to be available hopefully to be there when that time comes and sometimes we are just seed planters. we may never see the outcome there's i'm sure hundreds of women that have probably come through here sometime in their life they will meet christ when they're ready but being a seed planter is a great thing yeah cause somebody's got to plant the seed so even if someone's in here three or four days they've felt loved they've heard about christ they know that they can be forgiven. And they've been in an environment that maybe they've never experienced before. And they won't forget that. Yeah. And at some later date when they're ready, you know, they might be in another another state, it might be twenty years from now. But I believe that they the seed that's planted will at some point it'll it'll grow. Yeah. It'll do something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And well, so,
0: because you're treating them with dignity and respect. That's it. And we are all on a path that's and we it. all have our stuff and I, I love that about Chrysalis mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. that unconditional love for where you're at right this minute. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just Well love that. that's
2: who God is. Yeah. We're we're just we're just vessels that God's using. And so we're just trying to, you know, be Jesus to someone. I mean we all fail on being Jesus but yeah. we try to allow him to work through us in us and through us, so uh, that's the only thing that's gonna work. I mean and I and I wanted to just add, you know, when I when I did go to Skid Row and I didn't really have any background or understanding of exact I had never been on drugs. I, you know and, and people ask me all the time, you know, how do you do what you do or you know, I don't I don't think I could do that or like we have coaches that coach the women through the program. They spend at least an hour with the women a week, and we have a format that they follow. And they, and they say, I don't think I could do that. And I say, all you have to do is show up. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't require any experience or education. It requires that you have an ex- you have experienced Christ, you understand grace, and you're willing to spend a little bit of time to help somebody else reach their potential and their goals. And it, it doesn't require anything but showing up. It really doesn't. God will do all the rest of it if you just show up.
0: Wow. And so did you have a coach in, immediately when you came in to the program? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what does that look like when you get together with your coach?
1: Um, you? Well, she's amazing. I feel very blessed to have her. She's a prayer warrior, and um, she's, one of my, she's just a dear friend to me. I, just, I can call her when something's going wrong and she'll pray for me and her prayers are the most important to me I just feel like she just her prayers are really important to me but she just encourages me make sure that I'm you know working on my goals and she's just very concerned about my children and um, how things are going there and she's just amazing we do a lot of things other than chrysalis things together and um, so, so, so it's fun and it's neat to that's one really cool thing about chrysalises I never knew what friendships with women were really like I didn't know that there was such a thing and so that's one of those relationships that I built is with my coach that's awesome
2: and the coaches kind of keep them on the path and we call it lifestyle changes because we just want them to keep living this way you know it's not like you're on a program and then you're off of it but it's what you normally do to have a healthy life And so they're, um, you know, they're required to go to church, they read two books every three months, they do memory work, they go to recovery meetings, they work full-time jobs, some of them are in treatment. Yeah, everyone that I've ever
0: met here has, it's been hard work. Hard work. Mm -hmm. Not just in getting through some of the Mm -hmm. health issues, but... Mm -hmm the whole package of getting a job and mm-hmm. like you said working long hours and then still working so hard at the emotional spiritual mm-hmm. pieces mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. right
1: yeah we have a workbook that we work through which has really helped me is like setting goals because I've never that was not I didn't even know what that meant so um, I, wor- I do a workbook throughout the week, and I do, I set my goals, and I um, memorize a Bible verse, and do some devotions and things, and then when I meet with my coach, we go over those things, and talk about them, or she'll help me try to problem solve, and figure out a better way to do some of these things, or achieve some of these goals, and... So and then budgeting, that was another thing. Um, I was like, "What is budgeting? Yeah. I don't even know what that is." <laughs> I still feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> so I've God. been able to save money, and I'm able to help my mom out. You know, she has the kids right now while I'm doing the program, and so I've been able to, I've been blessed to help her out and things like that too. And, and that has to. Well, how does that feel for it you? It feels so good, and my kids are so proud of me. They love this program, and I get to share Christ with them cuz that's one that was you know something that I didn't even know anything about that, and so I'm able to do that. My daughter is turning 13 next month, and that's a really crazy age for a girl to turn 13, and so I'm just blessed to be able to um, be there for her and and share Jesus with my kids, mostly. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. so, I mean, really, they're able to see a transformation that only God could bring about.
1: Exactly. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Have they been able to articulate that at all with you, or is that Um, hard? Yeah,
1: they just... um, They do. It's really cute. They all have their different way of showing me, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, God has given me the desires of my heart. He really has. So. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. That is so beautiful. Okay, so Mm -hmm. you have, Mm -hmm. I think the timeline, I'm wanting to make sure, you said you came in in December, was that a year ago December or just a few months ago? A year ago. A year ago December, Mm -hmm. and so then you were on a path to getting yourself healthy and on this, leading where you are now, how did you end up getting put in a manager position of your house?
1: Um, You know, we just had an opportunity where um, one of the house managers had moved away to be with her son, who was ill, and so... Um, Marsha just lets us put in applications and kind of set, we get to, I wanted the position and, um, and so I just kind of wrote down a little bit of why I thought I would be a good house manager and they picked me. That's so great. (laughs) So what does some of that entail then? What are some of your
0: responsibilities?
1: Well, you know, we, we'd make sure they're home by curfew. We do drug testing and, just, yeah, chores, sure and mostly the chores just the household done. things. and. But my goal in that whole situation was just to be a light there at the house and be a good example. That's, that was my main purpose for being a house manager. But it's mostly just making sure chores are done and things like that.
2: Yeah. I think it's a really great leadership opportunity, too. Absolutely. Um, and I've seen Sarah really grow through that position as well.
0: That's she's kind of not wild. the
2: same girl she was when she got the physician. and she's going into leadership in in another area of her life too. So I think oh
1: yes, tell I, us about that. Well, um, when I was here the last time, um, I had learned about Celebrate Recovery, uh-huh. which is um, um, it's a Christian based twelve step recovery group, and so I started going to that on Friday nights long before. And that was another desire in my heart. I was going there, and I just thought, I want what these people have, but I don't know how to get it. And so that was when I got here, I started getting involved in Celebrate Recovery again, and I went through the Women's 12 step small group, and we just spent a year together working through the 12 Steps based on the Beatitudes. Oh, okay. Um, and the eight principles. And so that was amazing. And so now I'm, I'm a leader in Celebrate Recovery, so I'll be able to give back there and help out with small groups for the chemical dependency group and um, I don't know where God's going to put me I just know that right now I think I can help women in that situation so the house manager position is a really good way for me to do that and I'm so excited about being a leader at Celebrate Recovery it's it's been another God knew what I wanted you know just this little thing. It seems like a little thing to some people, but it's really big for me. It's huge. These are huge Mm -hmm.
0: accomplishments Mm -hmm. that you are in leadership Mm -hmm. in both areas. Mm -hmm. And you bring so much experience and understanding and empathy and Mm -hmm. yet also know what it takes to reroute your life back onto a different Mm -hmm. trajectory. Mm -hmm. So that's so exciting. Congratulations.
2: Thanks. We like the house assistants to be graduates because that way, they've been through what the women are going through that they're monitoring and I yeah. think that's really important
0: right um and you talk about goals a lot did you do, are some of those do you have some of those that are just kind of through your program that you set goals or does it, is this all individual to what you want for yourself like how do you it's get it's a those?
1: combination yeah of both yeah um, with my coach, I do a lot of personal goals with her, things that I want, you know, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, and work up to those and find the little small steps that I have to get to. And then you can start seeing yeah. that when you're put on a path, you can start seeing how you're working yourself toward
0: those goals. Yep. And was being a leader ever one of your goals, or is that something that's just kind of It's felt- all
1: I've always wanted to be. I've always... I knew I had a purpose... And I just didn't know what it was, and I've always wanted to be able to help others, and so, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: wow. And coaches, are you looking, is Chrysalis
2: looking for coaches? Yes, um, we're always looking for good coaches, and we have other areas that people can volunteer in as well. We have fundraisers and office uh, workers and um, just a lot of different opportunities that uh, women can get involved. We are always looking for people to bring meals on Sunday nights, okay. um, teach classes, do crafts. We just have all, all kinds of things. If, if you're out there and you're in this area and you have uh, an area that you feel like you excel in, we just love to have you share your gifts with us. And so what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? If they're um, hearing this and they're excited about what you're doing and want to be involved... Well, they can call um, 208-424-1323. That's okay. our office number. Okay. And if they want to read a bit more about you, you're they, on the web. At yes, we have our web page, which is chrysaliswomenidaho.org. Okay.
0: All right. And I'll post all of this on the blog so they can... And help.
2: also we have a Facebook, okay. which is Chrysalis Transitional Let's See. Women.
0: (laughs) Okay. Chrysalis Transitional Women on Facebook. Okay, wonderful. And then they can see pictures, and I think you even have some testimonials on there. Yes, yes, we do. And Mm -hmm. I will say, you had told me when you first, I don't know how I initially, I think it was through First Baptist Church that I got connected with you the first time to come lead worship on a Sunday night, Mm -hmm. and we were talking, and you said... Nobody can come in here and not fall in love with this place. Right. And oh my word, that's true. And yes. we brought people in here. I it was true for me. I came in and immediately fell in love with all of you, the the women in the program, mm-hmm. with with you and the way that you lead and lead with respect and love. And then we brought other people in, and they mm-hmm. had the same experience. Mm-hmm. And we brought our whole families in to help bring dinners, and mm-hmm. it is a wonderful, wonderful program. Mm-hmm. And. Thank you. And you're heading toward graduation mm-hmm. very soon. Yep, I'm, I'm very excited. And then what will life
1: look like for you after that? Will you continue to manage houses? <sighs> well, yes. I'm just, that's where I have to just let go and let God. My goal is to be um, in a house where I can have my, at least my son, my 14-year-old, really wants to be with me. Um, so that's one of my big goals. But it's just, God is working and he's in a really good place place right now with a Christian family and he's not with my mom he's the only one that's not with my mom Um, and so my goal is to get him back but right now I'm just going to let God I started getting really wrapped up in all of that Uh, and I'm just going to let go and let God and we'll see what happens but yeah I'll just be here and then we'll see where yeah Yeah, that's so exciting
0: and it Mm -hmm. probably helps to be able to look back and see his faithfulness on your life because you know if he brought you this far Mm -hmm. he's going to keep Moving yeah. you forward, yeah, which is so exciting. That yeah. I just think your story is so inspiring, and I'm really just all filled with gratitude that you're willing to sit here and share this. It's an incredible, it's an incredible journey, and and so much credit to your hard work through all of this too. So it's all Thanks. just very inspiring to me. I just think it's wonderful. Okay, so as we're kind of wrapping up, if people are listening that are that are facing down. A difficult situation or maybe they they know they want to get themselves on a different path than the one that they're on what advice do you have for anybody just based on your experience of of how to get yourself on the trajectory that you want to go
1: well number one pray <clears throat> and um, know that you're loved that was a big part for me is just not knowing I just didn't think I was worthy um ask for help there's lots of help out there you just have to put one foot in front of the other and do the next next indicated thing and just pray. That's like, I just, when I said that prayer, God, you got to get me out of this because I can't do it on my own. He really, he pulled me out of it and just listen to that voice. Listen to that, that quiet voice that says you're worthy and you're righteous and you're redeemed and that you do have a purpose and maybe if you're suffering right now, this is not the purpose God had for you and just pray that he pulls you out of it that's all I could do that's amazing no that's wonderful yeah and Marcia what do you find
0: yourself saying the most in your to your women in your program like when you're with them I know you say I love you you're valued what do you what do you like because you've got to just have so much Uh, in your heart that you want for these girls what do you find yourself saying most
2: often well I think I let them know that God created them to be warrior princesses.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> and I think that um, they gravitate to that because they're used to fighting. And so I say, you know, you have all this fight. You fought so hard for survival, you know, for answers, for a better life. And God wants to come alongside you and fight with you to become that that great woman that he created you be a sign in his mind's eye when he created you that we are special, we all have a purpose but they really like the princess warrior Mm -hmm. they really like that and I see myself as a princess warrior as well and so what is the princess part? the princess part is that we're royalty Uh. that we are we have a, a visible crown on our heads we have to keep our head held high so that it doesn't tip because God said that we're heirs Wow. To the throne.
0: I love even the visual of that. It's a beautiful high.
2: And when I feel that they're downcast, sometimes I just lift their head up and say, Don't let your crown fall off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: that's so (laughs) bad. Oh, I'm going to say that to my own self.
2: (laughs) Don't let your crown fall off. Right. (laughs) Well, we don't realize who we are. I don't realize even who I am because if I have the spirit of God living in me that raised Christ from the dead, then I have a long way to go before yeah. I really realize who I am, but I'm working on that.
0: There's so much in that statement, don't let your crown fall off, because then it's a, you have to admit that you have one and that you are mm-hmm. loved by God and therefore a royal
2: heir, like you're saying,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then hold your head up. Hold and I love the warrior
2: that that you don't have to fight this alone. No. Christ is there to fight with you, but you still, you still have to fight because you have to choose righteousness. You have to choose to do the right thing. Yeah. So you know, I think one of the main things that I learned right out of the gate when I started working with women was they didn't know they had one. They did not know that they had a choice, and I think choice is the number one thing that we have. When we want to choose Christ.
0: Wow, that's so powerful. Oh my goodness, I'm so thrilled that you both took time to be here and that you're willing to share about your incredible program and the bravery that you're showing Sarah by just telling, that's that's a long, that's a long hard journey, and here you are, and you're mm-hmm. thriving, and God's using you, and now you're a leader, and he's using you to impact the lives of other people, and that is so powerful. And Marcia, you have this picture as a child of I'm gonna be a mom in a house with all these kids and and Well the beautiful
2: thing for me is that I get to witness Sarah's, you know, becoming it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I know that only God can do that. So it's it builds my faith when I see God do amazing things in in women.
0: Yeah. Oh that has to be the best when you Well so what was it like when you first met each other? When you first
2: The first time?
1: I was a mess. I was a mess. Um, uh, a lot of meth-induced mental illness. No family. You know, they were done. They just were hurt too much. So I was alone. I was afraid. I was mentally unstable. Yeah, I was really messed up. I have this picture. I've, tra- I've been transformed inside and out. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just a completely different person. This is really, I know that this is who God intended me to be. I mean, my I do have depression, and it's under control, and I mean, I used to look at people walking around going, how do they do that? How do they, how are these, they're like normal people, I don't even know how to do that. And so I was just really broken when I got here, and Marcia has seen me transform. There's been a lot of people here that have been able to watch me, um, just even my inside and out mm-hmm. it's just been a big transformation for me mm-hmm. that's incredible yeah.
0: mm-hmm. oh, I'm so happy for you and, and and for just both of you to have each other because you're inspired by Sarah's life I am she's inspired by your life just the
2: that's how it works yeah
0: that's amazing
2: that's great yeah wow Um. in fact our vision statement is women empowering women toward positive life change yeah so we're all empowering each other really yeah because
0: isn't, there's that song, I think it's a Matt Kearney song, it says we're all just one phone call from our need. Like, mm-hmm. we need mm-hmm. each other, right. no matter what our background is, no matter what our past is, no matter what.
2: And we can all learn from each exactly. other. Exactly, right. I always learn. Everything that I basically know, I say I learn from them. Yeah. Because I do. Yeah. You know, with experience, with, you know, just working with them side by side, they teach me a lot.
0: Yeah right any final words that you want to say to anybody listening about any of this Any, i guess again we'll we'll make sure that they can come check out your yes, programs. yes yes, yes. we'd
2: love for you to find out more about chrysalis and maybe you know become part of what we're doing you can do that through donations through volunteering
0: yeah
2: and again i can Praying. totally
0: vouch for that that it is Praying. a blessing it blessed me Far more than I was a blessing, I'm sure, because you you are inspiring women, and you're strong and hard
2: at work, and it's a beautiful thing. Well, thank you so much for having us and giving us the opportunity to share. Yeah, our well, lives. Well, yeah, thank you.
0: you. Well, I love what you do, and thanks so much for taking your time, and um, I appreciate you very much. Good to meet you. Thank you. Bye. Right. Oh my goodness. Wasn't that so inspiring? I can't get over how personal our loving Father is, that He sees us in our darkest places, and our hardest circumstances, and draws us to Himself. And I absolutely love that on a podcast called Made for This, about how each of us are created on purpose, for a purpose, we got to hear how God planted a seed in Marcia's heart at such a young age for the work that He would eventually call her to do. And with Sarah, he spoke to her through a song, hearing her desperate cry from an unhealthy place saying, you were made for so much more than this. He's calling each of us to a life of purpose. I pray that these stories encourage you to wake up each day knowing that you are seen, that you are known, that God desires a relationship with you, that He created you with unique and intentional gifts that will allow you to carry out the purpose He has for you through His matchless power and grace. I want to close by reading you Psalm 139. And while this psalm may be familiar to you, I hope you let these truths wash over you afresh today. May you know... That you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that God's presence is with you wherever you go. So here is Psalm 139 from the ESV O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me! They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.